back. Yeah, we back. And we out here with uh, Saruta this time. Yeah, we uh, just wrapped up a dope interview with fucking dope is my only adjective. I can learn some new adjectives. A good interview with Saruta. Our boy Saruta, a.k.a. Thomas, yeah. um, moved out to L.A. from Salt Lake City a few years ago and has a crazy just story of how he got into music production kind of similar to how Dane and I got into music production actually which is kind of funny so yeah really interesting interview yeah yeah don't don't want to give away any secrets but (laughs) it'll come out in the the thing in the podcast but um but yeah this is uh it's gonna be a cool one we're gonna do some weird shit with this one probably just splice in some tracks and maybe add some sound effects um yeah Thomas asked us to uh overcompress and and low pass the whole interview so (laughs) Probably won't do that, but we'll do some shit. Um, yes, yeah, so let's answer these uh, questions. We've still been getting emails from you guys at the Team Supreme Podcast at gmail.com. So, um, yeah, yeah, we're going to read uh, some of those right now. I think the um, the Pass the Ox uh, podcast that we did went over really well. People were super stoked to hear their beats. That was cool. Very cool, yeah. We're definitely going to keep that up, um, hopefully with like some sort of tour or something. For sure. If we can pull it off. All right, yeah, let's let's see what uh what questions we got from last week. Uh we got I guess Angry Cow, an email from Angry Cow. <laughs> said I'm checking out episode 3 right now. I didn't get to see all the folks I wanted because of the good company and melee match on the patio. Oh, so I guess yeah, but as usual TS is a fun show. So this guy came through to our Team Supreme show for Pass the Ox. Uh I guess he missed a bunch of sets because I guess he was playing Melee probably with awe that night. <laughs> we literally had Super Smash Brothers um, on GameCube set up outside of our sh- last show at our Team Supreme show. Um, and that was pretty crazy because it was like if you could beat awe, you would get a free Team Supreme jersey. I but think. I think, was he undefeated? Yeah, no one got the jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know he was that good, man. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, he's pretty... He's pretty crazy. So um, well, that's something else that we'll do at our future Team Supreme shows, you know? So, yeah, he's still undefeated. So if, if there are any dope Smash players out there, come through the next Team Supreme show and get whooped. <laughs> All right. So uh, so he said he didn't get a chance to play past the Ox. He sent us a beat. Thanks, man. We're going to have to definitely just pass this around, take a listen. Um all right, he says, it's a good thing that you're covering mastering with Kev. As I write this, I had a chance to ask Elos and a couple others, but I now pose a question to you. Uh, if you're a mirror as a collective, what's your work reflecting? What? Oh, mirror as a creative? Oh, if, if you're a mirror as a creative, what is your work reflecting? And is that different in context of an album? When your interpretation of that reality with clients and how Conflicts. do you... Res- oh, Oh, yeah, dude, this is a good question. Um, when your interpretation of that reality conflict with clients, how do you resolve it professionally? Clients, that's interesting. Yeah, because um, like paid paid production work. Yeah, that's actually something that I have a lot of trouble with. Yeah. And I've always been kind of not as good at writing for other people as I am for myself because I hate fucking when people tell me how to change shit and I'm like, oh, no, I'm Same. right. But... It is something like if you want to be a producer in the real sense of like a producer, producer, you know, writing for not only yourself, but for other people, you have to be open to collaboration like that. And um, mm-hmm. it's it kind of comes down to, I think, do you do you trust the person that you're writing for? Do you trust that they have good instincts and good input or do you just are you just doing it for a paycheck? Which is like whatever. If you want to do that and you got to get paid, like change your shit. But 
Exactly. At some point, you got to have a, like a red line of like, nah, this is this is my idea, and I don't know. Totally, it it is different when you start working like on a paid gig like that. I think you yeah. know, yeah, you start to think about it differently. For me, it helps to like, like. Yeah, because I like to get attached to my ideas a little bit sometimes, you mm. know. But if I'm working in that context, kind of think of it as, like, practice rather than, like, you have to make something that's going to make you feel some type of way, you know. Mm. I think that eases off the pressure and usually it ends up, you end up making something that you actually feel something about in the yeah. end. And if you trust the person, like, like I know with Henry, he's gotten really good. Like, he'll, he'll change things because he trusts, you know, that when he's working with Wes or these big artists, like, he's learning from them in the process and he, he's kind of taught me to get less attached to things because mm-hmm. you know, you might not see why they're asking you to change this thing. So yeah, just working with people that you trust. You know? And he also says, and is that different in context of an album? And you know, it's I, with penthouse, we're actually working on our full length album right now. Um, and I would say, so, um, you know, I definitely like, if I'm writing a, a, a full length record, I have to do it from the, it has to be from the heart and from the soul. I can't just write a full on album of just like random beats. It doesn't do doesn't inspire me. But um, to to be able to consolidate all of your ideas, you got to keep them consistent in a way. So for me, it helps to just come up with a concept for an album. Like I always do albums concept based. It just helps everything stay consistent, you know. So I can draw from from one sort of pool yeah. um, to keep the the entire record sounding like one consistent record. So that's what I would say for me. For but yeah, sure. I don't know about you. You kind of tackle that way as well. Yeah, I think. I mean, the question: If you're a mirror as a creative, what is your work reflecting? Is that diff- different in the context of an album? I don't know, man. I don't think there's a one answer. I think that's the beauty of music: is like you're reflecting what you're reflecting, and you know, for me, it's gonna be my my first album was reflecting how I felt as someone who had like been pent up and like not ever being able to like voice my you know, opinions or just vibe ever. So that first album's like a big release, you know, and then you got to follow that up. So that second album's not exactly the same vibe. So I don't mm-hmm. know. Reflecting is, it's always reflecting what, how you, like what you were feeling. Yeah. Or it sh- it should. Yeah, yeah you're right. Should. I think the best albums are the most like in the moment that capture like what's really happening, wh- wh- how you feel at that moment in yeah. time. Totally. All right. Cool. Cool. All right, second question comes from uh, Colin, another email question. Yo, guys, just wanted to shoot over an email for the podcast, really digging what you guys are doing with the podcast, super informative and entertaining. As far as collectives, I want to plug a local-based collective in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, called No Life. Yo, I actually love No Life. They're an awesome collective. Um, They actually gave Mike and I a couple No Life t-shirts last time we came up uh and played up there um yeah those guys are super tight and their merch game is so sick it looks like rugby like uniforms it's crazy (laughs) where are they based out of uh milwaukee wisconsin tight yeah yeah no life shout out no no life um really dope jazzy hip-hop electronic vibes coming from these extremely underrated guys definitely check them out also on a side note i saw dane's show um at the miramar here in milwaukee and it was freaking insane Cop one of your mixtapes after the show, too. That CD art was rad. Hey. Yo. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Which CD was that? Beats for Days. Actually, right. I actually really want to put out Beats for Days, too. Hey. Um, just because, like, it's a nice way to just drop a bunch of beats without... Like, it's kind of the opposite of what you said, which is, like, I don't feel like it's an album. 
Yeah. But it's, you know, it's called Beat for, Beats for Days, which is what it is. So mm-hmm. I want to do another one because it's kind of a release of just like, here's all the shit I've been working on. So, Hell yeah. Yeah. All right. Another question. Uh, John Cabrera. Thanks. Thanks, guys, for asking my questions on the last podcast. Yeah. Yo, so another question. How how do you guys go about creating EPs and albums? Do you just pull Dead Mouse and write a bunch of stuff, or is there substance to what you're writing? Okay. Kind of a similar question about yeah. writing an album. Yeah, I mean, we kind of answered that before, but for me, yeah, it's just 100% it has to do with where I'm at in my life. Like, I don't just have a bunch of albums sitting around right now. Like, the next album that I put out, you know, will be written within this year you know it's i mean other people are different like a lot of people mm-hmm. like i know saruta's got like beats and beats and beats and beats and like i have no idea how he compiles that shit and keeps it all organized in his head yeah but some people can do that you know like yep you can be sitting on like 10 albums mm-hmm. <laughs> but personally I, I don't know i just i only write when i'm very in the mood to write mm-hmm. and yeah the album concept has to be like ready to go it to be it's fun. not it's not random you know yeah same i know i i don't go to set out writing a full length album unless like i really feel strongly about something yeah yeah <laughs> for sure eps are, are a little bit less uh involved though those are those are a little easier to get going you know mm-hmm. i think eps are great to like if you just want to get some material going and you don't want to stress too much about it just come up make up a little concept for an ep and mm-hmm. just crank it out you know yeah four tracks yeah it's awesome um all right cool thanks john all right next question is from thomas matthew hey guys first up i want to say what up to preston yo what up uh i don't know if you remember me after we met at the show y'all did at u street in dc oh shit that show was crazy um and my friend had that dope penthouse ashtray that he made oh man i still need to get that ashtray oh yeah i guess he says he my boy has been lazy and still hasn't sent it yet, but I'll make sure he sends it. Yo, please send me that ashtray. What is this ashtray? So this guy came up at the show and he had he made this penthouse penthouse ashtray that was like um, it was like I think either water jet printed where they like they cut out like like pieces of the wood of the ashtray and like laser jet in the penthouse penthouse logo on an ashtray. Fuck. It was sick. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> <Sorry>. crazy. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I definitely need that. <laughs> Please, Thomas, hook it up. <laughs> um, but I still want to ask a question, possibly for the podcast. You guys were talking about the horns the other week, and I kind of want to know where to get a good variety of horn samples that you could easily manipulate. Would it be better to find someone who could actually play like Great Dane? <laughs> like, <laughs> not like me, but... I think he thinks that you could... Uh, I think, I think he, he means because we, we played Zion's tra- beat, oh, Zion's it. horns on my got track. It, got yeah. it. Yeah, Dane is not a horn master. <laughs> You're pretty good. You don't know, no. I, I fucking, I've never fucking played a horn in my life. <laughs> uh, would it be better to find someone who could actually play like Great Dane did, or is there... Oh, did, there you go. There, yeah. The word did change. <laughs> or is there like a secret plug-in that you guys use? I got a little bit of a... Not a plug-in per se for all of it, but I got some tricks for horns for sure. Um, what are they? I mean, I think for me, it's like, it always sounds best if you get like real horns. Like it's really hard to articulate. Like there's so many little things in horns that like make them sound human and, you know, plugins will do a pretty good job, but like, I still, I don't know. I like the natural sound of a horn, I think better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's plenty of cool plugins. Like what's his name? Blender was talking about, um, what's the, what's the one he, he used called? 
it was some standalone plugin, probably a, some sampler of sorts. I forgot exactly what it was. If you guys called. go back and listen to the episode yeah. with, with Junior Blender, I think it was episode two. Yeah. Um, right. He's the guy that writes for Major Laser. Wrote Lean um, On. <laughs> wrote, wrote Lean On and a bunch of other shit. Um, he talks about his horn use and he's like really good at that stuff. Like he'll, he'll manipulate the, the articulation and stuff really well. Mm-hmm. So go back and listen to that. Maybe I think he mentions the actual plugin he uses. So maybe listen to that. I use like like session horns on contact are pretty good. They're very dynamic. I think like if you definitely want a real like horn sound, you gotta go for a high quality sampled horn plugin that has layers of different um, audio recordings of the same horn played at different velocities. So you can go into your velocity tool and really articulate the way you want the sound to, to be because horns are very dynamic when you hear them live. Um, so if you want that live real horn sound, you need a lot of control. So a lot of these sampled plugins will give you a lot of control to do that. If you're going for the hard, just brass trap horn type sound, literally just download a horn sample of like a, a big, you know, uh, trombone or something, just like a raspy <coughs> trombone section playing one note, throw it into simpler, grab the saturator, switch it to the hard curve <laughs> setting, turn the drive up by three, turn your output down a little bit, and there you go. Yeah. You're, you're rusty. Or skip that shit, because that shit's done, man. Hudmo <laughs> <laughs> Hudmo fucking go. buried that shit fucking five years ago. It's over, man. <laughs> it's funny. I think I actually got my trap horns from you. Actually, now I think about it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I haven't put trap horns on anything in a few fucking years, so... I think take a break, y'all. <laughs> take a break from the trap horns. But but if you need to, if you need them, if you need them in a pinch, that's how you do it. Um, so yeah, I hope just kidding. Make whatever you want. <laughs> but but yeah, I think grabbing a live horn player is always the best move, in my opinion. Yeah, go on Craigslist, man. Yeah, or just Zion Garcia. Once again, shout out Zion Garcia. He, yeah, he, he, we hit him up for a track Give last a ch- week. And he laced it up. Yeah. Everyone's stealing my ideas, man. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, cool. Well, yeah, thanks, Thomas. Um, thanks, everybody, for sending in questions. Please keep these coming. Um, the yeah. Team Supreme Podcast at gmail.com. You can send all your questions in there. Uh, be sure to rate, like, comment, and comment, subscribe. Like, and subscribe. Um, yeah, keep doing that shit. Find us on iTunes and like, write a little fucking dumb little comment because for some reason that helps us like climb the charts yeah yeah please please <laughs> let's hype this up and uh yeah and enjoy this interview with saruta he's eating a sandwich in front of me right now so uh <laughs> we're also just gonna splice in random beats and shit so you might hear some secret saruta beats that haven't been heard before Yeesh. if he like mm-hmm. if he's cool enough to let us do that oh yes <laughs> and uh here we go enjoy the show
secret? Cousin Lee. What about Homeless Child? Is that one top of the as well? No, that's not. Is that alright? Yeah, Homeless Child. That's you too? <laughs> and Paint. And Paint? <clears throat> What's Paint? I don't even know. Me and Gina's project. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, I remember seeing a little bit about that a while ago. Yeah, so. I mean, oh, okay, did, we cool. have a SoundCloud and shit. Alright. But. Well, if you can't recognize his voice, we are sitting here, Dan and I are sitting here with Thomas, a.k.a. Saruda, in the building. Saruda. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we in here. Yeah, we out here. We figured we'd just kind of come through. Uh, you know, it's it's 2 p.m., so we were able to sleep in and get some nice sandwiches from Roma Deli in Pasadena, which is like probably my favorite deli in the entire world. Um, I know Dane might disagree with that, but... <laughs> Um, it's it's up there, man. That was good. It was just like in and out, like just like simple. Yeah, that was good. Simple and fire. It was, it was pretty pretty tasty. Pretty good. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So I guess the um, the cool thing is that all three of us, me, Preston, and uh, Thomas, all live in the east side. Or fuck, what are we? East side? Northeast. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, northeast. Yeah, Thomas lives like one mile from me in Highland Park, and Preston's in Pasadena. So you know, really going above and beyond and trying to like <laughs> find people. It's true. You man. have to live within a mile of us to get interviewed. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, we tried like, to do this before when he was at the other house, which is on the west side, but that was way too hard for me. <laughs> it's too tough. It's weird. Don't you guys feel like it's kind of split in LA? It's like half the producers live like on the other side of town, and half of them live over here. It's pretty interesting the yeah. way that works. I feel like more live over here. More, yeah. Personally. As the days, I feel like more move but, out here, little by little. Yeah, but yeah. How do you how do you like it out here in LA though, man? Dude, I love it. How long have you been here? Uh, since 2014, about three years. Oh, so okay, cool. over three years for sure. But my dad's actually been living in Pasadena pretty much like my whole life. So, so you've been. I in would and out. come back to visit and say what up to him all the time. So it was a super easy move in that regard. Having family and shit. Where, so. where are you from originally? Uh, I was born in the Bay Area, but uh, I grew up in Salt Lake City, so it's kind of a strange place to grow up and yeah. then become a beat maker. I bet. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, Salt Lake City is interesting because I, when I went out there last year, I realized that there's a lot of music happening. Like, yeah, it's it's kind of maybe not beat scene stuff, but <clears throat> yeah, there's. Crazy the bands, bands are, yeah, it's definitely a city that loves bands, and yeah. like live music and stuff. What the club you? club scene out there is pretty weak, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah. No offense, <laughs> but. No, I would agree. I mean. Definitely a lot of super tasteful people out there, though. Like. Yeah. Awesome tastemakers. Definitely responsible for why I make the shit I do and, like, listen to the music I, I fucks with, so. Do you have anybody like specifically that you could like reference? Like people, is there any bands or anything that oh uh, you could shout out or? I don't want to sound cliche, <clears throat> but like Madlib really oh, yeah. did it for me. I think I got like Quasimodo, The Unseen, on a CD in the eighth grade, and that I actually it's like one of those pieces pieces of art that you don't really like until like the fourth. Yeah. Or so. Yeah. I, I didn't really like it for a minute, but now it's like my favorite shit still. Like a fine wine. Yeah. <laughs> Ages with time. And like Little Brother, that group was 
also super influential. Ninth Wonder. Fonte. I used to like rap over all my beats back in the day, but kind of retired <laughs> on that. <laughs> Is there, you have like a grand like scheme to like come back and just be a rapper at the end of this? I do. <laughs> Same. I, I definitely do. I feel like every producer actually has this mindset. I think you're right. So, yeah. but yeah, one day. That's one day. <laughs> it's kind of like you got to like break it down to the essentials first. Like Kanye and all these people are just producers. And then yeah. you have to make, I think it's easier to make a unique sound as a producer than it is as a rapper. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you mm -hmm. saying words that rhyme. It's 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 really hard to make that a brand new thing, but producing like I feel like is a little bit more. You could draw from anywhere and just create this thing that sounds mm -hmm. like nothing else. You yeah, know? totally. I mean, hopefully. I I feel like hip hop would be like in a better place if producers just rapped over all their own beats Hell more yeah. frequently. But I feel like just extra steps it's like extra work sometimes exactly. just, yeah. you just want to keep making beats so it's a whole nother art form too it's crazy how like once you start to jump into like songwriting and and um lyric writing it's it's yeah. crazy you don't you don't realize it you think it's easy at first but it's actually like a whole practice in and of itself yeah yeah i, I actually realized that i stopped rapping when i graduated from high school because I would write all my lyrics in class and then <laughs> after that like there was a, I mean I did go to college for a little bit but I had to take that shit a little more seriously and I didn't even finish but <laughs> yeah like just finding the time to write lyrics when you can be making a beat man it's hard it's just, just like yeah. more schoolwork type workflow like writing <clears throat> for yeah. me at least yeah that's what i was gonna say is like it feels like whatever which whichever one you find more fun and for me it's making beats yeah it's so much sure. more mm -hmm. fun but i know other people who like it's the opposite it's yeah producing is like always a struggle and all they want to do is write lyrics you know yeah mm -hmm. that's just not me but <laughs> yeah me too it's important though those people exist for no, sure I, I wish i was like, like yeah more me too. of one of those people Solid City, kind of. Preston said you were in choir. Yeah, I, I, I did. <laughs> Had to bring uh, that up. Dane and I were both choir boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, Solid City is a weird place, like religion-wise. Uh, there's a lot of LDS people there, and they're cool. You know, I'm not hating, but 
my parents were kind of, uh, they didn't want me to like be converted into the LDS religion. So mm -hmm. my mom's Catholic and there's like this cathedral school downtown where uh, you like went to school underneath the cathedral. <clears throat> and then they, it was like classical music shit. You like had to sing every day, music theory, ear training, violin, all sorts of stuff. You had to perform like three times a week. So I did that from like fourth to eighth grade, like had to wear like a tie and blazer and all that stuff. <laughs> and uh, yeah, definitely like locked in my ear and just kind of music fundamental stuff that allows me to do what I do. That's dope. For sure. At that time, was that what you were thinking <coughs> while you were at school there? Absolutely. Were you like, I'm developing my skills? Or were you like, I need to get the hell out of here? And Dude, just like, I, I pretty yeah, I, well, when I was super young, I like really, I thought it was the wackest shit being in a choir. I don't know. I mean, it is kind of silly even now, <laughs> but uh, I just wanted to drop out like all the time. I like did not want to sing on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And I would get super, super dramatic about it. My mom would always say, like, you'll thank me in the future. And I was like, nah, never. But uh, it's kind of funny. I feel like I am super thankful now. And my mom's like, oh, no, like, my son's a crazy producer person. <laughs> so it's funny how it flipped like that. But <laughs> No, I, I think like, it's interesting <laughs> that you have almost like the exact same... Like I didn't, I wasn't Catholic, but I grew up in church singing and you know, yeah, choirs yeah. and stuff. But I never had another. Like, when did you start producing? Was it during this or? Um. So this kid, he was my neighbor in Salt Lake City. Uh, we both went to the Mountain Choir School, but he was like four years older than me. So, uh, I think he was in like eighth grade. I was in like just started there. And he, like, was already making beats in Fruity Loops, which is crazy. So he, like, introduced me to Fruity Loops uh, at a super young age. And that kid actually ended up going to Juilliard for piano. Damn. And his name is Evan Shinners. Wow. And one of the illest, pro probably one of the greatest musicians I've ev ever, you know, encountered. Like, insane. But, uh... So he definitely like <clears throat> showed me that it was possible to make a beat at home. Yeah, and I, yeah, I mean like so. the whole like wanting to drop out and stuff. I think if I was introduced to that stuff that at that age I'd probably feel the same way, but all I knew was choir and I, I yeah. loved it because of that. I was like, you know, there's nothing else for me. So I think if I had been introduced to producing earlier, I'd be like, Yeah, fuck choir. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it wasn't like like, I had to do choir, but I was super into, like, guitar and bass. And uh, I really liked punk rock growing up, too. Yeah. We, like, all my homies would jam all the time. A lot of dub, like, King Tubby-type jams. Hey, yeah. Stuff like that, so. That's cool. Uh, actually, those same kids when I was in high school that I jammed with, we all started producing on, like, Reason. Yeah. And that was when I was like 15 and that was like when I actually was like making beats like by myself just uh 
it was funny, like my two homies who like own the programs kind of always mocked me because I like wasn't as good as they were. <laughs> but I would like, they kind of just fell out of it like within a few years. <laughs> and I just like would go to their houses and like just use, sit on their laptops while the, you know, they just chilled, just <laughs> made beats. I don't know, the learning curve was really steep for me. It's taken me a lot, like a long time to like refine my sound and shit, but Pay like off. kids these days mm -hmm. like get it so fast. It's it's crazy. Insane. Like <clears throat> yeah. the sound designs that are coming out today are just like yeah. super inspiring and uh it's gonna yeah. get crazier, I think. It's, yeah, it's just yeah. <laughs> getting crazier for sure. Technology <laughs> is making it pretty insane right now. Yeah. I think it'll get to the point where like you know like ozone, if you ever use ozone, you can click the learn function and it'll literally It'll analyze your waveform and literally tell you where your low, low mids, mids, I had no highs, idea. High. It's insane. This. It literally, it reads that <laughs> you see the EQ move and then it, everything moves into the perfect position so you can start multibanding or like, yeah. it's crazy. It's like pretty soon we're going to be able to like just recall any sound that we want out of a song by hitting a button, I think. Like that's where it's going, I think. That's why I yeah. think that like, for me, my, my theory on production and being a music producer, being like an artist has always been like try to be an artist first because that like no one can take that away from mm -hmm. you. Like, people can shit all over you with their production, but if you say something that's like true to you, and it'll always be like your thing, you know. So, yeah. I don't know. I think it is kind of like yeah. intense, like how good people are getting. But mm -hmm. a lot of these people that come out, like I'm like so impressed with their sound design, but it sounds like a really clean, you know, same shit. Yeah. Oh, years, totally. Yeah. Years ago, you know? Like. I I totally agree. It's super important to be unique, with, and that totally comes with age and uh, refining your sound. But uh, I'm just thinking when these like 15 year olds are like 25. Oh yeah, it's just gonna be nuts. And then they're gonna look at the younger generation and be like, "Oh yeah, that's why everyone was talking shit because these kids are like even better than me." So <laughs> like. Who's that? Who's? I mean, I, I know him like online, but like I kind of realize he's super young. That dude, Blake Scarin, Scarin. I actually discovered him because you reposted his track. Yeah, and I, I don't really know. Dude, much I, about I, him, I found him like good. through Icon. Some kids show me that show me him. Nice. And then I looked through all the shit. I was like, damn, this dude is fire. And then I reposted his track, and then I used his like beat, like his um, sample pack to make a beat, and I was just all about him. And then he, like, I found him on Twitter, and then he like. He posted something like a picture, and it was him, I think. I don't know if it was him, but it was, like, the <laughs> youngest dude. I was like, that's you, dude? Like, oh, my God. I mean, it's kind of cool. Like, it's badass, but it's, like, <laughs> I had no idea. I assumed he was some, like, L.A., like, legend, like, been around for 30 years or something. Dude, yeah. <laughs> so, he, shout out Blake. He never really, really, really yeah. good. Really good shit. Yeah. And he's part of our, I mean, it kind of segues into our... Um, Cypher this week, too. Mm -hmm. What's up with the Cypher? The Cypher is like a Crane, Graves, Blake, Scott. I don't know how to say his last name. Scourin. Scourin. I need to. Scourin. Yeah. He's like on that know. track. Like the, yep. the original track. Damn. And yep. then we're flipping that this week. So. And it's a 48-hour Cypher. Yeah. So we're going to. That's true. We put the stems out yesterday. And I oh, think it's you got to get it up by tonight. Yeah. Really? I haven't yeah. even. Dude, I, <laughs> yeah. I actually like make all my team supreme beats within like an hour usually or like within a couple hours oh that's maybe. dope that's like, originally how we did it yeah totally yeah I mean, that's cool that's, i don't like 
spend too much time on them at Damn, all. Damn, son. And they come it's out so, like, naturally. Yeah. You don't, I don't think about them too much. Actually, like, the one time I didn't make it onto the <clears throat> cipher is a beat that I, like, spent, like, five days on. <laughs> That's and it so was funny. the Great Dane flip. No way. You yeah. didn't make it onto the cipher? No, but it, it was... Bruh. <laughs> You probably sent me a private link. No, we're, I mean, we're gonna have to go back and check this. Dude, one. I don't even. <laughs> this is actually honestly <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Since then, I f- feel like my game has up gone up. I don't even want to hear what I try <laughs> to do. Like, yeah, I learned so much. It's it. I mean, dude, like, it's that's that's crazy to yeah to um to think about how you've done all these like really quickly because from my perspective like anytime you i see a saruta beat in a in a cypher submission i'm just like oh here we fucking go and i like i know to like turn my headphones just back up all the way because yeah. i'm not gonna kill my ears you know like i'm like i'm just ready my body's ready when i see your yes. face so yeah but but that but that leaves me i want to hear the great dane one dude oh we're gonna have to listen we're gonna have to pull that dude, up that we might have to pull that up no I'm gonna have to find that. Supreme because this one time it was the f- very first cipher I ever tried. I was still in Salt Lake City. Uh, I wasn't even going by Saruta, and it was a Kenny Siegel uh, cipher. Mm-hmm. And I was like hella nervous. Like I thought Team Supreme was like the coolest shit. <laughs> so but then you're like, I like made a beat. <laughs> like it was like a hip hop beat so long ago and like the day after my laptop and like my new backpack and new headphones and a backup hard drive got stolen out of my car oh man and like window smash and everything and like oh god i was all that was on my mind was submitting my first team support (laughs) 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 don't do this kids (laughs) yeah (laughs) so actually I f- after that I started going by Saruta, which is just my last name. Like when I didn't have like a period, I didn't have a laptop. I just was like, "Fuck Tetris fingers, my old project." Like let's like step it up, Move Saruta, forward. and then got like a new laptop eventually, which took me like a few months, and. Yeah, shortly after, like, moved to Los Angeles, which was always on my mind for, like, years, but 
I like just decided to do it. Just after that Team Supreme beat <clears throat> and the laptop stealing and all that shit. So that's cool, man. So like yeah. Team Supreme kind of like goes all the way back. Definitely. Yeah. And like right yeah. when I moved to L- LA, fucking went to all the Team Supreme shows at the Echoplex. Oh hell Those yeah. Were Super dope. And then Mike Parvizi from Penthouse, your other half, was like one of the first people in LA to like be my homie. It's kind of crazy. He like just loved me and Gina's music and what we were doing. And we just got a drink one night and then still like one of the best dudes I know in LA for sure. Oh yeah. So yeah, Team Supreme. <laughs> Close to the heart. Hell yeah, man. Good shit. That's cool. I didn't know any. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. What was the first cipher, if you remember, what's the first cipher that you're on? The first number? Dude, it wasn't until 130. 130? Yeah. Whoa, that late in the mm-hmm. game. Whoa, that's crazy. It was crazy. the Carmack cipher. Oh, that's crazy. And that one is fucking legendary, dude. Yeah, like, that one is legendary. That one's like the Derg. Dr. Oh, Dan Flip yep. is just That's, yeah. like golden rest in peace. Yeah, yeah, but, man. Oh my god. That yeah. That man. was my favorite remix that week for sure. Dude. Smacks. It's crazy because I'll play the original Carmack version of that track and then the Dirk back to back. And like Dirk's is like ten times louder than Aaron's. And I don't <laughs> know how he did it. Like Aaron's was loud already. Like <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you get louder than I don't Aaron's. understand. <laughs> Dude, Genghis. I think it's like our homie Genghis on Courteous Family. Genghis, shout and out Genghis. if you want them loud tracks, mastered well. Oh no way! Shout out, shout out, All Genghis. Hit him up on Dude. on Twitter. Genghis for, for masters. Damn, Genghis, Genghis is about to get hit up a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's sick. <laughs> that's that's cool. I didn't know. But, I didn't know you guys had like a in-house producer mastering engineer. Oh, uh, you he, got your own daddy, Kev. What's he doesn't master my shit. <laughs> Oh, okay. Be- him and Dirk were just roommates, but he, like, has mastered a bunch of stuff for Curtis family. Oh, okay. Can Not you... me, gotcha. actually, because I'm just kind of weird when it comes to mastering. I don't know. What's Can going you... on with that? What's weird? What's weird, bro? <laughs> Tell me about your weirdness in mastering. No, nah, I mean, no, now it's better, <laughs> like, <laughs> but... <laughs> I was just, like, for a minute, I was kind of experimenting, like, clipping my level's super loud I and tough it. I knew and like I was gonna ask yeah christian always wanted that shit to be turned down <laughs> but now i'm a lot better with with all that shit so <laughs> can you talk about um Curtis family like how did that start in the you know I, i'm kind yeah. of ig- i'm kind of ignorant like honestly Dude, didn't really know you guys were all like kind of part of the same thing till semi-recently um so yeah can you just kind of start from the beginning yeah, so apart from Mike Parvizi, uh, actually the homies like who hit me up before Mike, my like real first homies in LA, uh, were Tristan Fong, Anton Curtius, or Anton Anton Reifstick. I forgot his last name. Sorry, Anton. But uh, they were living together in uh, Hollywood on Los Feliz, both going to like. Uh, the LA Film School or some shit like that. And uh, they had this little collective going on called Curdy's Family. And at that point, it was like just them, Wooly Mammoth, and 
like I don't even know KJ Lazy, Lazy or some shit like that. Mm. Uh, Berthelet, I think Stein might have been on it, but um, yeah, I like they asked me and Gina to be a part of Curdy's family like the first week we moved to LA, and uh, I slept on it and I said yes, and then after that it just kind of like took off. A bunch of homies started joining, like Dr. Dirt. Uh, Preston's taking a selfie. Genghis <laughs> and Kip, the homies from Colorado, they joined. Uh, Herzloid from Australia, Nor the Boy, oh, Wisconsin, and uh, who else? Kalen Ellis uh, from Florida. He's amazing actually one of those albums that's coming out on Curtis family is one of his and it's pretty fucking dope uh what's his name again kaylin ellis he'd like wrote i think he did like an ep with k trinata when he was like 14 or something crazy like super dope drummer but <clears throat> yeah so we got quite the squad uh right now and yeah now full on record label like very recently shout out daddy kev for putting us on so how does how's he putting you guys on you know i i personally am i i'm not like i don't run courteous family Mm -hmm. uh which some people i don't think understand a lot of people like send me submissions so by the way like i'm not the dude yeah (laughs) but uh the boys had a meeting with daddy kev and apparently alpha pup is going to start distributing all of our music or future releases and like there's quite a bit of material that homies have been saving for this and so there's yeah some pretty insane albums about to be dropped nice man so would you say you guys have like a kind of a consistent sound as in like, cause I know you and, and Wooly Mammoth are very like kind of similar vibe of like lo-fi ish style, heavy, hard hidden beats. Uh, <laughs> everyone definitely has their own sound like on that in the courteous family. It's actually something I haven't even thought about till you brought it up just mm. now. Like everyone sounds different despite all of us being kind of, place in the same genre um, of beats but uh, everyone's so different too it's just crazy that's awesome like, it reminds me of Team Supreme it's so, like yeah, yeah very much yeah. so <laughs> that's uh, awesome yeah except you guys took the cypher idea yeah <laughs> which is Wish we would have thought of that. Oh, man, you guys <laughs> could do your own though. Like, no. I, I, I always I think we should do a collab cipher. Hey, like you hear, you heard it here first. We got to do this. <laughs> yes, like homies just send in like random noises and just everyone like the beat is made out of those random noises. like send one know. random noise. Like <laughs> yeah, have like, everyone send one random noise. It'd be pretty funny. <laughs> Definitely. So yeah, that's cool. Curtis family. Coming up this year, trying to do some like tours maybe. Nice. But yeah, good things take time. Yeah.
Come in, I know she's here, but <laughs> Gina Huxley. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, maybe she's taking a nap or something. But uh, <laughs> so we started actually dating, and when I lived in Salt Lake City, she was going to the University of Utah for a like a music minor in like electronic production and some other major, but uh. Yeah, I was just working at a bakery, making beats all the time. We actually met at a party on acid. We were like, it was like a weird, fucking, Solid City acid party just in the summer one time, and it's like in August or something. And yeah, I was like playing beats at the party, and she was really feeling them. And she told me she was like studying production. I'm like, holy shit, a girl making music like let's hang out duh obviously so actually like a year went by since like from when we met to like when we actually started making music and dating to like and all that stuff and yeah we just like ended up putting out a bunch of like really crazy bangers like as Saruta and Huxley Ann and Gina got a really dope job in Los Angeles and I wanted to like do my DJ shit. So we ended up moving to LA together and it's been rad, like super awesome to have a companion to like do this music game with because it's pretty tough and trains you emotionally and stuff like yeah. that. So that's really cool. It's like such a deep connection. Like you connected on music first. Yeah, it's. So deep, I gotta spark this spliff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's uh. We gotta get her in here, man. I gotta yeah. hear both sides. Yeah, of this man. Thing. It's it's like, you know, I'm gonna sound soft for saying this, but it's hella cute. You guys <laughs> yeah. are like so so cute. I see you guys roll up to like every show together. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you guys are like two peas in a pod, dude. Yeah, <laughs> two spliffs I mean, in a pod. <laughs> Gina's the shit. And just insanely intelligent, so like I can just listen to her like talk for days, mainly because it's just educating me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's she's very bright, so, and I'm kind of like bad at everything but making music, so <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of good to like have her around. <laughs> yeah, damn. Helps helps me function better. 
yeah, it as a human. I feel like most producers have that. Yeah, most producers have that. Man, staying staying like it, mentally healthy and physically healthy, I think is a is a concern. Yeah. You know, shout out climbing. Yeah, man, I know yeah. you've been doing a lot of rock climbing lately. Yep, that's well, crazy. Indoor climbing. Indoor climbing. But hopefully, hopefully we'll get outside soon before it gets too hot. Cause yeah don't want to climb rocks when it's like 120 it degrees yeah joshua Dang. tree or some shit but is that something that you're just doing to work out or just like something yeah, you really enjoy just like a total hobby like something to just counteract all the hours i sit making beats and i got into it when i lived in utah because there's just so much climbing and like mountains and lots of crazy shit to do out there so all the homies back there like climbed with me and it's kind of crazy like i've gone a bunch of homies here into it like producers i know like, mike's been doing it yeah <laughs> <Mike Parvizi, laughs> been out there been bringing woolly mammoth tristan hoppa um uh, also edit from the glitch mob we've been going a bunch yeah he's really good edit's pretty crazy yeah yeah he's we went with hood boy no way yeah he really wants to get a pass raj i'm just trying to get preston great dane in on the mix oh yeah we gotta get out there it's yeah. super fun i'm for down sure. i'm down i tried down. it i tried it like a month ago with some other friends and i was kind of embarrassed i was pretty bad <laughs> dude you just gotta like practice the technique and shit sure. yeah Who's if out of the three between you, Mike, and Edit, who's the best climber? Who, who's uh, got it? Who's got it? Easily Edit. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's been posting uh, videos of it. Like, yeah, like he's years. been yeah he's been on his game. I like was on it for a minute, and then I I stopped for about like five years, and I've like got a pass like to the gym probably like three months ago, and I'm actually already sending shit that i definitely was sending like when i was in my prime so nice yeah it's Damn. nice it's like a cool sport because you see your progression like within a few months and then uh it's like total like personal there's like not a lot of competition mm -hmm. you can just climb with any like skill range i don't know that's Dope. cool. Do you feel like it helps you produce, like getting out and doing that <clears throat> stuff more often? Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. Well, it it actually helps me tour and play shows. Oh, yeah. Like, way like I don't know about production, but like mm. getting on the road and staying up late and waking up early and like I mean, touring is physically demanding, yeah, even though yeah. it's just like. Yeah. A lot of people don't understand that. And so it's good to be in shape for that. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, like all these podcasts we've done have like somehow been sort of connected. Like we talked a lot about like staying active with other things besides music production in other podcasts. And like mm -hmm. the fact that you're, like, you're already on top of that. And like it's not like a secret. It's like it's one of the things you have to do to yeah. stay mentally like stable. <laughs> Especially like the older I get. Like yeah. when I was 20... I had so much more energy and like I'm like 25 now and I can already feel like 
fuck, I need to start taking care of my body <laughs> and not, you know, just like pulling all-nighters, playing shows. Yeah. Stuff like that. Although you did it last night, though, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, I've, I've, I slept for like a good amount of time. Yeah. And I went hiking yesterday, so. All right. <laughs> it was and this this show last night, I think it, you said it was it a cousin lit show. Yeah, cousin lit. And what what is cousin lit? Uh, he's this kid I met on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, on shrooms. Yeah, on on some shrooms. No, he <laughs> he's me. Cousin <laughs> lit is me, <laughs> and it's super funny. Like I made it very clear when I made the soundcloud for it i was like hey this is like some other shit i'm putting out like on twitter and facebook and like still people are like is debating like is this Saruta? <laughs> like are you super, like i had no idea <laughs> and it's i'm gonna let it ride because like being anonymous is pretty tight but i mean I'll, I'm admitting now that I'm cousin lid, but I'm <laughs> so many people still will have no idea. So yes. <laughs> whatever. But it's not like you put on a mask and try dude, to Daft Punk it up. It's the hair. It's like, the hair. Oh. So like I was raging in Salt Lake City. I think it was like my sister's graduation, and I like come back to my old house I was living at in Salt Lake and pass out on the couch and. My hair was just in front of my face, and my good homie Dustin Turley, shout out Dustin, took a photo of me passed out and just wrote Cousin Lit. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, that is genius. <laughs> so it's not even like this music is like incredibly different. It's just too good of a name not to fuck with. Yeah. Like, that's kind of my approach with it. And I might, like, start rapping as Cousin Lit. Hey. So, that's, like, yeah. what I want to do. But, again, extra steps. Yeah, I want to hear you <laughs> sing, too, man. Dude. I heard you were pretty good back in the day. I was all right. I was all right. Were you bass or tenor? Or baritone? Uh, I was soprano, dude. But... <laughs> I was like a tiny kid. Oh, dude, same. I know what you mean. Like, I was, my boys are not, like, that's when the, they train you, man. Like, but then you're not, you're not a soprano now. No, I'm like, I'm you were fucking funny. I'm a soprano. I'm a soprano. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I was actually the head chorister, dude. I like to sing all the solos and shit. Damn. It was crazy. Yeah. Uh, gotta go to europe for that and like tour europe singing as a kid and then like i hadn't been back till i toured europe as a dj and it was fucking trippy i was like <laughs> i don't know just the just duality like, between what, it all what happened in between <laughs> that and now but this is much better yeah this is way cool. yeah. <laughs> yeah good things happen yeah i mean yeah. that was one of the biggest things for me because i if you would have asked me when i was 18, 19, like what I was thinking about doing with my life, like I definitely wanted to be a professional singer. Like that's all I ever wanted to do. And now, you know, doing this stuff, it's like... You wanted to be a professional singer? Yeah, I was a vocal sick. performance major mm-hmm. at Chapman. Um, I'm sick. I got like a I no idea. huge scholarship yeah. just for voice for that. That's the only reason I could Damn. go to Chapman. Yeah, um, that's sick. Preston too, yeah. Um, but then like, 
people ask me, do you miss it? Do you miss it? Like, cause I don't do it anymore. But you know, with this production shit and like DJing and just being like a quote unquote artist, like, yeah. I can do whatever the fuck I want. I could put out a singing album. Like if you make it cool, like I could go, like when I play shows, like I played in New York this weekend, they, they don't ask me, like they don't have any rules. It's just like, go up there. Like I could sing, I could start doing that shit. And like when you're just a singer, in a show or in a choir, you're doing what someone else wrote for you. So yeah. I think that was the biggest turning point for me. Is like, this is my shit now, you know? Mm -hmm. I also think, like, like, having a singing background and then approaching music production is, like, such a good, yeah. like, tool. Because, like, yeah. I mean, a lot of production is based, like, for singing. Mm -hmm. And, like, even these next-level instrumental-type beats, like, still have that, like, root, like... This could have a voice on top of it, you know. Yeah. And so, like, or like you can voices. construct your construct the beat around like yeah. thinking of a voice. Oh, totally. And I definitely like people always like to comment on my arrangement, and like I mm -hmm. definitely arrange like I do because of singing. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. and I hear it in like a lot of other people who mm -hmm. say they like came from my choir and shit. Mm -hmm. Like, same strengths. It's cool. But yeah, that's why I'm like, I'm glad I sang in the bass section because I never learned music theory, but it just gave me that like solid like foundation to hear like roots like really well mm -hmm. and like movement of bass notes and how to flip root notes. And like, that's like yeah. half the battle when you're just making a song, you know, I feel better meeting <laughs> producers who sang. Dude. <laughs> yeah. I was like the only one yeah it's like <laughs> yeah. i thought it was so weird but yeah. like low-key everybody <laughs> so if you're in choir right now like you're you're, you're yeah, on the right dude, track man <laughs> if you're not inquiring you're in high school join that shit dude. yeah yeah man. like if you yep. want to make sick beats if you want to be the next carmack carmack was a fucking nerd you, too you he got was a fucking french horn he was yeah french horn yeah french horn he was <laughs> mike was double bass and jonathan stein was also yeah. double bass just, yeah. be a, just be a band nerd or a yeah. choir nerd yeah. and then you'll be really cool later. yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't yeah I always have thought about like my arc like our conductors and how they would select like the the repertoire for the evening and I always compared that to like a DJ like selecting tracks for a DJ right. set. <laughs> kind of the the flow like it's there's a method behind it that's really similar. It's yeah. There is. Yep. Been a pleasure, Saruta. You got yeah. anything you want to say before we uh, head out? Um, uh, not really. <laughs> no, All right, I'm, I'm dropping a an LP at the end of April. I'm 
not sure if I can say the exact date cool. right now, but... On Cardi's uh, Family? No, it's going to be coming out on Division, Ooh. Uh, which is one of the noisiest labels. Ooh. It's, uh, it's 14 tracks. It's also going to be coming out on vinyl, so... Nice. All those people who want that, like, tangible Saruta shit, you can buy it now, pretty soon. Not now, pretty soon. Wait, I have one more question for you. What's up? Okay, so everybody, the legend goes that, <coughs> the rumor goes, that's fine, I need my screensaver. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> the so rumor the, goes. the rumor goes <laughs> is that you put a low pass filter on all of your master track like like on your master channel you no, put I don't, just I don't, a low pass no. and cut the highs off like definitely not on my master ah uh, okay and i honestly have been like not doing that as much ever since i got my new monitors cuz mm. i don't know and like a new interface the focals have been like super good for my production Nice. I like stopped doing that as much, because I was just kind of like compensating that lo-fi sound for like, you know, like something that wasn't as thoughtful, like the sound itself. Like I was just cutting out the highs to make it cool, yeah, as opposed to finding it just a cool sound to let it sit. So, yeah. So that rumor's false, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I do not put a low-pass filter on. Everything, but <laughs> a lot of shit I do. All right, kids. Yeah. So you know that's it's not as easy as you think. You don't just put a filter on your master. Yeah, no, never put a disarmament. <laughs> I never put shit on my master like that. All right, like, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I had yeah. to double check. Yeah, prom yeah, yeah. <laughs> night I think was responsible for. Oh <laughs> man, of <Yeah>. course. <laughs> <laughs> but. Cool, man. Thank you for doing this, man. Yeah, yeah thanks of for course. Coming. Dude, thank you for having me. Yeah, man. No one's had me on an interview thing, so. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Got um, the, we got the exclusive. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Team Supreme, we out here. Uh, cool. See you guys later. Peace. <laughs> Peace.